And you also have to make your art with enough of an open mind that you might find out partway through your art that you were actually wrong about your opinion. And documentarians will say this all the time. We went out to make this documentary. Partway through, we discovered the documentary was about something else entirely. That's the same way we should be making movies. That's the same way we should be doing everything. We should be going in with a, holy shit, you know what? This is coming to light and I didn't expect that. Let's not deny it. Let's accept it and let's work with it because, you know, that is also part of what makes us not divisive. It's when you stick to your guns when you know you're wrong. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Podcast time, everybody. (laughs) It's that sweet, sweet podcast time. All right. So the, the title of this, we, I like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because Evan and I have been talking about a lot of stuff and, uh, we kind of settled on this and I say kind of, cause it was like a last minute, like, ah, let's just call it this and let's see what, where it goes. But, uh, I believe we called it creating beyond the divisive. Basically, I think what we're trying to figure out here is where, like, where, like, I suppose meaning and art and, and story is a big thing that's going on for us these days. Where does this exist well? And where does it fall flat? And I suppose, where do we connect to it? And why do we connect to it? And what are these essential elements that it needs? This is piggybacking off a conversation we had earlier, which I highly recommend you going back to look at. But we talked about, you know, things going beyond content. And in a time where you know, it's so much about just content being made. And this is happening everywhere. It's not just happening from like people in social media who are creating content to kind of stay relevant and, uh, you know, and, and just have something to show every week or a few times every week. But it's also happening with the studios. It's happening with the streaming services. It's happening all over. And there is a response that's occurring by the people. And you know, we're, we're kind of tuning out and people are canceling their, their subscriptions and Disney is losing hundreds of billions of dollars. I mean, things are fucking tanking, um, because content is not King after all, it's actually story and meaning. And, and I think what's interesting and exciting is that we may be in a time of almost revolution around this whole thing. And as Evan and I were talking Uh, there might be something about when content becomes divisive and clickbaity, it actually works at first, but then ultimately maybe we move away from it because we don't want divisiveness. We actually want connection. And uh, I would argue that that was one of the reasons why we came to the theater. We, even though we didn't even talk to everybody, we felt like we were together experiencing something. And I think content today is very divisive and it actually separates us. And I think at first it gets us interested, but I think ultimately we get sick and tired of it and we don't want it. And you can only handle so much divisiveness. So there's something about this is probably about connection and meaning and these types of things. But anyway, I'm going to pass it on to Evan and uh, yeah, we're getting into it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that was a 
great sort of getting into it. And yeah, like there's that conversation. I also think of our artist wisdom series talk we we did just a little while back about Victor Frankl meaning, you know, and I see that as such a, a in many ways, uh, the crux of a lot of these, these problems that, that we're seeing within, you know, particularly Western culture right now and, and these sort of battles that are, are waging, you know, between, you know, sort of wokeism and whatever you want to call the other side. And I, there's divisiveness in, in both and tribalism that happens in both with, you know, you open up YouTube for most people and, and you'll see just, you know, there's no shortage of people who are just looking at stuff on the internet or, you know, or what are the movies coming out, the shows coming out and, and people just criticizing shit or just, you know, hitting the same sort of talking points. And I think that we're probably all guilty of this. And, and many of us have probably found ourselves on some side of a lot of these, of these arguments that are, that are going on. And I think that it can feel good in some ways because you can easily find those voices that that echo a lot of your own opinions and and you find that community but then there's there's this whole side to the thing where it's like yeah yeah and you, you watch that video and that person said that thing and you're like yeah they said it they said they, they said how i think and and i think like them and and it feels good for a moment but then I mean, I've noticed like not only with myself, but with, you know, my friends and family who find themselves getting caught up every now and then and in indulging and consuming a lot of that kind of material is that there's, you're actually left in this state of agitation and, and you're in this fight or flight state. I think a lot of us are just kind of existing in that space right now. And I think it's because of this divisiveness. And I think that that divisiveness has so much to do is because, you know, as you're saying, like the story, right? And again, and meaning. I think that there's a lot that, I think that a lot of us are missing that. A lot of us are in, in, in our lives. And so much of the, the way in which we are telling our quote unquote stories in in the places that are supposed to actually help us to make sense of things to develop a sense of trust in ourselves in the world to develop a sense of of finding common ground and connection with each other it's 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 we've lost that we've lost that tradition a lot of that tradition in our storytelling and instead it's becoming the storytelling is becoming part of these divisive culture, you know, culture wars and, and individualism and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I think that there's, there's, I mean, this is a big subject and I know we don't have a lot of time <laughs> on this conversation today, but it's a big fat juicy one and, and uh, let's see where we end up with it. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, let's try and reel it in and just bring it back to the creative side and the art and we'll, we'll leave the social politics out. And, you know, I'll just say this though, before we do that, you know, just from my own perspective, because I do feel like our, our personal lives, they come so much into our art and 
it's there's a certain point where it's you know where does one separate from the other so i think that we all need to kind of navigate that in our own way something that i'm working on in my own life is removing myself from judgment and to kind of like i suppose just like say okay well this is i'm not responsible for that like it's not on me you know what i mean and like uh you know like might i dare to say it's on god you know what i mean like i'm gonna leave that to the universe i'm gonna leave that to god you know i'm gonna leave that to some higher power or something out there like i don't it's i'm just a guy doing my life from this perspective and i don't know what's right and i don't know what's wrong and you know and I like, I don't know who's manipulating me and who's got power and who's exploiting and who's lying and who's, who's telling the truth. And it's so fucking hard to tell these days. And so I think that if we all kind of took a little bit of a step back from our, from our judgment, I think that would be good. And the other thing too, is another thing I'm trying to do is just take a step back from my opinions and, and kind of when people have a different opinion is to give them grace and a certain amount of room to breathe. You know, it's like, okay, like you see it that way. I see it this way. And I don't need you to see it my way for me to be okay. I just, this is how I see it. And I'll give you my best points and you give me your best points. And you know what? I'm not saying you're going to convince me in this moment of what the way you see it. Please don't try. But I will walk away and I will probably think about it. And I will consider it and I will factor it in. And maybe you'll make the difference if you truly do have, let's say, the way and I don't. Maybe you will contribute to me finding the way if, if you know. But we have to, I think also with opinions, and this I think relates to art in a big way, and I, I'm going to parlay into this in a second. But when we have an opinion, we have to be very careful about assuming we're right. Because as artists we have a tendency, we're going to put our opinions into our work. It's going to happen, you know, whether you mean to or don't mean to, it's just going to kind of probably bleed into it. So I think we need to come at life with a little more humility and say like, yeah, I'm putting this opinion out, but like I could be totally wrong. And now here I am making a piece of art that actually exemplifies and, and, and bolsters this opinion. And, you know, I could be making a massive fool of myself and, you know, I think anybody who who made something and they boldly put their opinion in, they probably thought they were right. And there's something about art, you know, as I've as I've gotten a little bit better as a storyteller, so I'm always working on it. Old opinions that I have or have had find their way into the mouths of some of my characters, into the actions of some of my characters. And and knowing I was wrong and then watching those characters kind of do the dance that I was doing. And it can be fun to play with. And that's where awareness and perspective come in. And there's things where it's like, well, you were kind of right, but you were kind of wrong. Like you had some of it right, but you were off a little bit. And and I think that um, we're talking about divisiveness here. And, and where it actually is a downfall, I think, to our creativity and our art, I think what will help us not be divisive is to leave breathing room for where we may be wrong with our opinions and judgments and to not assume that we know, but you can sit in that position and be like, hey, this is where I sit. This is what makes sense to me. But at the same time, you know what? I could be wrong. Let me 
I'm going to like, I'm open enough to see it. By the way, one last final thought. A mark of intelligence is a person that is open-minded enough to, to admit that they could be wrong. It's actually a sign of ignorance and you're just dumb, right? You're dumb if you lock into an opinion and you, and you assert your right and you assert you have the way. But even if you do, it's dumb to assert you do because you don't know that you do for sure. And this, what it does is it actually creates connection because you will find that even if you're right, part of what's going to help people pull over, pull people over to your side is being able to visit their territory, not demand they come to your territory and live, but to visit their territory, understand how they see it, meet them in rapport where they are. And then you can suggest or offer new territory. And if they are willing to explore it, they may see, oh, you know what? This territory is better than the territory I existed in. But you actually have to be the one that steps outside of your comfort zone, not expecting everyone to come into your comfort zone and say, just do it my way. I have the way. It's like, no, nah, it's not going to work. And we all know this because most of us will not go into another's zone that's out of our territory. And we just end up fighting and this is divisive. So I feel like, um, I talked about a lot of shit, but I want to keep reeling this back into the art. How do we, how do we keep, um, you know, bringing these types of things back into, how do we get connected as opposed to like separating ourselves at the time? I think that's the, 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 the issue we're struggling with today with art. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, and, and this is, you know, we're, we're kind of casually stepping into this conversation. That's, that's a very, you know, it's, I mean, it's a big, it's a, it's a very big conversation. Like we're talking about, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we maybe have as human beings, right. Which is how do we, how do we come together? Right. Like this is, this is a question that's existed for as, as long as humanity has been around, right? How do we, how do we do this, this thing? And, and, you know, wherever there's division, there's conflict or inevitable conflict. Right. And yeah. So how do we, how do we find that? How do we start to build into, into the framework of, of art? And you, know, you mentioned you know, like opinions and getting, I've, one thing that I've noticed is that I tend to find artists who start going off on, you know, become making their work very like political. I start to shut it off. Like I, I, I really do start to tune it out and, you know, maybe there's, that might be to my detriment in some respects, but to a certain degree, it's like, well, that's not what I'm coming to you for. That's not what I'm looking for in when it comes to art. Cause to me, the, the, the best art cuts through all that noise, you know, cause to me, a lot of that stuff is noise. It's all just noise that, that is superficial to the bigger questions and the bigger problems. Because like so many of the times, like that whole sort of, you know, needing to have the way and have the right answer and, and stuff like that. It just, it creates problems in that you have to, and we definitely see a fair share of this in the world is people just have to keep doubling down on their point of view because you've committed yourself so far and you've wrapped so much of your identity up in this thing 
that it becomes harder and harder and harder to see it from another point of view, to take on another perspective, to change your mind about something. And it's such a dangerous, dangerous game. And it and becomes just a perfect storm when, when you have a whole collective that's doing this type of thing. And so this is all to say again, that to me, great art cuts through so much of that noise. And, and music is something that for whatever reason, that's the thing that's really coming to my mind is that, you know, so many people can connect over a band or, you know, a song or something like that, who might have completely different sort of political views and social views and whatever it is. But, you know, a great song can tap into something that's even more fundamental and rude. You know, I think that that's one of the aspects of this conversation that that a lot of people might sort of shirk at, but I think that so much of our culture and because of how sort of secular we are, we've, we, we think of things like, oh, well, being politically active is like the deepest kind of meaning that, that there is. Right. And, and it's, it's really, it's really not <laughs> right. Like there's, there's, to me, there's the, the things that without it necessarily being religious, although I don't want to rule that out, but again, I'll use the word sacred. What are the things that are truly sacred to us as human beings? And like a great song touches on something that's sacred. Anytime you've listened to a song and on the radio or wherever it is and you're in your car and it just suddenly something you're listening to this song and it fucking hits you. It hits you in the guts. It hits you in the heart. It puts a lump in your throat. That's because it's doing, it's, it's saying something sacred to you. And that's when we're, to me, when it's starting to build connection, right? There's a, there's a connection that's happening there. It's speaking to us on a, much more fundamental level than where our political affiliations lie, right? And there's something, there's something also in, in some of what you're saying too, Brandon, that, that speaks to humility as well, you know, in, in how do we start to find that connection and that, that thing of saying, I don't know right? Which is uh, something that is a wisdom as, as old as humanity as well from, from some of the wisest cultures. It's like, you know, to, to be in a position of saying, I don't know, is one of the smartest things you can ever do. You know, you never get, it keeps you pliable. It keeps you malleable. It keeps you open and, and receptive, not necessarily as like a, as a pushover or, or someone to be manipulated, but as, as something that is responsive to the world, as opposed to rigid, which is where, again, that divisiveness and, and that right or wrong game puts us into a rigid place. It put, it places us into a position of having to put up walls, defenses, we have to protect ourselves at all times. Whereas 
that position of I don't know puts you in a position of curiosity, right? Where you can from a you can genuinely ask questions of people like it's like, oh, you know, this is how I understand this thing, but like what you're saying is is different to that. So tell me more about that thing. Okay, that's very interesting. But I, here's here's something that I've learned about this. There's perspective. What do you think about that? Like, there's maybe where I see a problem. You know, there's there's a there's room for conversation there as opposed to this is my stance. This is where I'm at, and and because then it's just like whoa, like you're that's combat. You know, it's like you're it's like you're always geared up for combat, and and I don't think that art is is combative i think art is actually disarming well okay all right i i have to disagree a little bit <laughs> all right <laughs> i do think there is a certain amount of art that is combative I, I actually i think that there is a certain amount of it and there is a place for that although i do agree with you for the most part i think art is about collaborative bring us together connection it, it is mostly about those things and i think where the conflict exists is more in that it actually is meant to do connection but because sometimes we need the opposite to see the connection like we need uh like we need to see something that that we don't like to come together to see that we don't we we together don't want it and we want to fight against it um I think uh, one of the challenges that anybody who's more on the artistic spectrum, let's say, like say there's people who are more on the, say, um, I don't know, like what what would it, what would be the opposite to art? Like maybe you'd say le like logistic or structured or whatever. And then there's the more creative people, which are more in flow, flexible, fluid, that type of type type of mentality. And you know, you can have this spectrum happen in all sorts of different things, but the problem that creatives often face is we're like, why can't everybody just fucking be friends and love each other and work together? And we're always like, come on, let's, but the more rigid, um, structured people are like, because there's fucking bad things in the world and there's evil and we need to, you know, there's people who are liars and cheaters who will steal and they will, they will, they will take what we build a value and they will exploit it and they will, you know, and so we need both sides of this spectrum and the structured, uh, side of us finds its way into art every now and then, and, and we need it. And, and I wouldn't even say every now and then I'd say almost always it, it has its place because even in the creative flow, eventually you find their structure that needs to be formed. Um, and that's where, you know, that's where we're trying to draw boundaries. We're trying to fight for things. We're trying to draw a line. Um, and I do think that there is, you know, to play devil's advocate, you know, in this, in this kind of adventure we're on here is that I do think there's a time and a place to, to say to someone, like, I think you're full of shit and I think you're lying and, uh, I don't believe you. And, uh, um, I think you're up to something and, uh, your intentions don't seem pure and, um, you know, that type of thing. And, and, and that's, that is conflict. That is tough. That is a little bit, you know, it's not, it's not always easy. Um, but I do think there's a time and a place for that because I do think there are exploitive people. I think there are liars and cheaters and deceivers and manipulators. And I think that's all part of our world. And, um, I think part of being a good, healthy, 
person in this world is about becoming pure of bullshit. And when people are lying and being deceptive and manipulating and abusing power, I think it is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's our job to call it out. And look, you could be wrong. We say like, I, I'm not buying it. I don't, I don't, I don't accept it. Look, I could be wrong, but I, whatever, what you're telling me right now or the way you're coming off does not seem authentic, doesn't seem real. I just, it doesn't resonate with me. And, and the thing is, is at the very least you can be honest. You don't have to make them wrong. You know, it's not about that. It's just like for me, this, this doesn't seem true. This doesn't seem real. And I, I'm not going to just accept it because I want everybody to be lovey dovey and work together. And, uh, Sometimes when you're building something, people need to be fired. They need to be removed. They need to, you know, there are bad apples and they can, one, one bad apple can poison a hundred. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a reality that we exist in. And I think it's, uh, you know, as we're talking about this divisiveness, something I learned about leadership, which man, I wish was enforced in me, reinforced in me a lot more when I was younger, because I definitely had more of that mentality. We can work it out. We're all friends. We'll figure it out. We'll, you know, we'll, whatever. But if you find a bad apple, you, you need to look at it and you, can we save this apple? I think that's the first thing you got to do. Can we save it? Or is it fucking, is it, is it rotten in the core? Like, is it bad? Is it unsalvageable? And if it's unsalvageable, get it out of the fucking basket. Like, like fire, fire them, remove them. If it's toxic, if it's bad, because what it'll do is it'll spread and you don't want that to happen. And there are people like, you know, like the Joker is such an interesting character in movies because the Joker just wants to watch the world burn in a way. Right. And there are people in this world who are so depressed and so destructive that they just want to watch it burn. They want, they love it when people are fucking going through turmoil and struggling and, and it, it gives them a kind of a sense of joy. And, and those, those types are not going to be great for collaborative art building. And you need to be able to see that and fucking root that shit out. So, um, granted at the same time, I don't think you need to hate them. I don't even think you need to, I don't even think you need to look poorly upon them. I think you just need to understand them. And I don't even think you need to understand them, but I think it helps. Um, you know, I think the people that we hate are the people we don't understand. And I think that if we can understand them, it's just healthy for you not to hate because you can go, okay, well, you know, this person's a narcissist or whatever they are. Right. And it's like, well, understand that they're, they're bad. They're toxic. They're going to destroy everything they touch and they're going to hurt everybody. It's fine. But understand that they don't, they come from a place of hurt. And if you can understand that it's not, it's not about giving them a break and saying like, we'll, we'll try to work it out for you. It's, it's, you still got to fire them. You got to remove the bad apple, but you can understand that a lot of what they're doing isn't so malicious. It's actually more self-serving. So like toxic people a lot of the time, what I found is it's not so much that they actually want to hurt you. Although sometimes that can kind of seem like that's what they're about and they think that's what they're about. But actually what they want is the rotten apple wants more people to be rotten with them because then they feel like they're included. They feel like they, you know, they feel like they have their tribe. Think about it. If you're a rotten apple in a hundred, and all these apples are 
or I'm using this metaphor, are all healthy and clean and pure and happy and whatever, and you're just fucking sour and bitter and just, just, just destroyed. It feels better if you had a bunch of other destroyed apples around you, because then you don't feel like you're an outcast. So part of, um, you know, part of culture and, and everything, and I know we're getting into something like off topic, but there is something about us identifying what's bad in us and in not just in inside of us as people, but inside of us as culture and to go, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's move away from that. And it tends to be that if you get exiled, you either have to survive on your own or you have to figure out how to come back to the tribe. And so in some ways, the best thing you can do is to exile what's bad and then make it come back honest and good. And if it doesn't want to come back, you have to let it go. And I do think there's a certain amount of art, which is that it is um, combative in the sense that we do have to, through art, root out some of our ugliness and some of our bad. And that feels combative. But if we look at it like kind of like we're all in it together, then I think we don't have to be so like hateful and, you know, it doesn't have to be as divisive where it's like some of us indulge in it too much, you know? And, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think there's a certain amount just in, in creativity, which is the light is working against the dark and, and this is just at play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot there in what you said. I'll start off by bringing up a quote that's always stuck with me. I believe it was Gary, Gary Zukov, um, from his book, the seat of the soul. And he said, if you, if you, enter into the darkness without compassion, you will become the darkness. And yeah, sometimes there are people who are very troubled and that has to be recognized, you know, and there's also a degree to which we can only assume so much responsibility for another person's life, right? But how we approach it, if we, if we don't approach that from a place of empathy and compassion, we're going to create a whole other set of problems with that. And there's a personal price that we pay. Something that I learned a few years ago, or sort of an insight I arrived to myself, is that my dignity and integrity as a human being cannot come at the expense of another's it's not it's it's not possible it's not possible because if if i'm putting someone else's integrity and dignity as human being at expense then i've just put my own at expense because i've been inhumane in how i've just treated that person so it's there's it's it's just sort of this this equation that just seems to me as like, oh yeah, this is just sort of part of how existence functions to to a certain extent. It's like, it's just, that can't happen. And so there's always this element to which, yes, we can even approach even the, the darkest of situations with that empathy and that compassion. And, and in fact, it is 100% absolutely necessary, not just for others, and but for ourselves. 
It's, it's, and that's not necessarily an easy thing to learn. Right. And I think it also, it comes down, you know, to this, you know, this, this thing of whole, of divisiveness is also a recognition of, it's that recognition of that, like, well, we are, we are not, we are not just individual islands unto ourselves floating around here. Like there is, there is a real deep, intimate relationship that we have with, with everyone and how we're shaped by every single person that, that we meet. And there's a, there's a, a fascinating years ago, I remember learning about, uh, Ho'oponopono, which is, <laughs> I think I probably talked about this way back in the day, but it's this, it's this practice of, uh, among, um, the indigenous peoples of Hawaii, which is this recognition of people who are that sort of, you know, I guess problematic in society who, who do create issues and Ho'oponopono is this, I'm trying to, I'm struggling to remember the, the order of how it goes, but it essentially, those words mean, thank you. I'm sorry. I love you. Um, please forgive or please forgive me. I love you or something like that. And it's this attitude that people are acting this way because they've actually taken on all of the, our own bullshit that we haven't resolved within ourselves. And whether you agree with that or not, there's something so beautiful about that. And there's something that's, again, it goes beyond a divisiveness. It's not saying that you are some isolated thing that we just have to deal with. It's like, oh, it's like you are a part of me. You are a reflection of me. And because of that, I can't just cast you out without care. You know what I mean? And, and, and there's, and, and so they have this practice of Ho'oponopono, which is supposed to be to help people heal, to help people who are creating those kinds of disturbances and whether that's, you know, violence or, or whatever it is. And I'm kind of talking about a lot of different things here, but one, as you were talking for some reason, one thing that popped into my head as a personal example of art cutting through an opinion that I had about something, which is at one point in my life, I thought, you know, that the death penalty was something that like, yeah, you know what? I think that for like certain people, yeah. Like, you know, your person kills someone. If, you know, if, if it's determined, then, then I'm like, I, at one point I, I kind of agreed with the death penalty and and then I saw the movie Dead Man Walking with uh, Susan Sarandon and Sean Penn. And the execution scene at the end of that movie, which is, you know, lethal injection, which is kind of, for the most part, how that's done in, in civilized society. But watching, that, like, the way that they captured that scene, sorry to spoil it for people, but it, it, it fucking changed me there. There was just something that was just, I was like, no, I'm like, I am not fucking okay with this. I am not okay with this, you know, like, and, and because 
it said, it showed me something about like, you know, how we treat the worst of us says so much about who we are and, and just, you know, connecting me. And yes, I know it's just a story, but like in, and I don't know if it was based on a true story or not. It might've been based on a true story, but regardless, regardless, it was one of those things that removed that division. Hey, here was this bad guy. He did this terrible thing. And a court of people determined that this was what his fate should be, right? We need to cut this thing out. They need to be removed, like in the most permanent way that we can, that we can do it. And, and, a, and a great story great piece of art really changed my mind about that whole thing because it gave me an emotional experience of, of what that whole process kind of looks like, you know, and how many of us would actually go and watch something like that? You know, how many of us would actually go and, and, and just, you know, see that voluntarily you know i i don't know i mean i don't know maybe some people but i'll pass it brandon like <laughs> <laughs> you brought up some big big stuff here evan uh yeah well i mean that's an interesting example you use because you know that's that's a demonstration of how art can change your the way you see the world and the way you see things and um you know, and that's the thing about art. We can go back and forth because you can, you know, you can find plenty of reasons why the death penalty should exist and you can have a moving experience as to why that should happen. And you can have a moving experience as to why it shouldn't, you know, and who's right, who's wrong. I don't know. I mean, you know, to play devil's advocate again, just to to throw it in the mix, you know, you get cancer. Do you want to keep it around? Cause it was a part of you. Do you hang on to it in a jar and like, look at it and go like, that was once me, you know, like, like, what, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a certain... It's quite the same thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's a certain amount of... Okay, um, you're struggling to pay your bills. You can barely pay your rent. You can barely put food on the table for your family. Um, and now you got to feed somebody that, that murdered your one of your parents. Do you, Are you going to do it? Do you gonna, are you going to pay for their food and their shelter? Are you going to do that? Like, is that something you want to do? And these are real questions we have to ask ourselves as a society and a culture. And, you know, and, and then you look and you go, well, there's starving kids. Would I rather, like, let's say we can only put that money so, so many places. Should we give it to the person that, that brutally murdered and raped somebody? Or should we give it to the, the innocent kid that just got born into a, a, a not so great place? Now, I'm not saying... This is how funds and everything get get spent and there's total corruption and shit in politics, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, there are reasons why we do things. So whether you're for the death penalty or against the death penalty, I mean, I'm not, whatever, it doesn't matter what side of the issue. It's just people look at different things of the issue. And some people go and they feel the, the humanity and they think about the person being saved. And then some people think about the horrible shit and then the fact that they're paying for that person to exist. And there's, there's good points on all sides. And the thing is, is that we try to navigate this and figure out where do we stand and where do we want to sit and what's the right place to be. And, you know, um, you know, I think there is a, there is, there are people who, 
who believe certain things can be saved and corrected. And there are certain people that believe those same certain things cannot be saved and corrected. And we're, you know, and, and both think they're right. And, and we're living in this world where we fight over this shit and it's divisive. And, um, you know, I think we, we, we try to navigate that and it's difficult because at the end of the day, we have to like draw a line and we have to make a decision and we have to go, well, we exist here or we exist there. And if, if the people who get what they want exist where they want, they're happy. And if they don't exist where they want, they're not happy. And so a lot of the divisiveness we experience is because the people who are upset are the ones who don't think they're getting their share. They don't think they're getting it their way. And the ones who are happy are like, well, we're getting it our way. Just come our way. And it's like, well, I don't think your way is right. And so we're, we're, we're in this struggle. I think the thing is, is that as artists, part of our job is to make a per- persuasive case as to why we might look at things that we have no capacity to look at otherwise. You know, Dead Man Walking, for example, a guy who's on death row who obviously faces the death penalty. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not on death row. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to face my final days. I don't know what it's like to have a countdown. I, I don't know what any of that's like. I, you know, I mean, I've had guilt and shame. I don't know what the level of guilt and shame might be had you done something that horrible and all of this. Um, but then through a movie, I might get to experience it and look at it in a way that flexes my ability and scope and perspective. When I started this podcast, I mentioned, you know, is like not to be so arrogant about my opinions as though I know I'm right. I have a stance. I think you can have a stance and it's just, you know, this is what makes sense to me. But at the same time, I mean, you can be like, I'm look, I'm open. I'm open to being moved or changed. But the way I currently see it is this way. I know that you might see it differently than how I see it. I don't see it your way, but I'm not also going to say you're wrong. Somehow you see it that way and I see it this way. I'd like you to see how I see it and and you'd probably like how I'd see it the way you see it. And 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 if we looked at art as a way like, let how do we close this gap? You know, as opposed to like, I'm right, you're wrong. Let me prove it to you through a film. It's like, that's a bunch of bullshit. That's divisive nonsense that, you know, yeah, the people who agree with you are going to go, yeah, great film. I love it. It said exactly what I think. And that's what content is today. It's so much about, let me just reiterate what you already think and separate you more from the people who don't think like you. And after a while, you get so divisive and so diverted and so into your subgroup that you really only have a few people you can connect with anymore. And the whole rest of humanity seems fucking crazy and out in the, out to left field. And so you're just like, okay, I just feel alone in the world. And I think ultimately this is what's happened, Evan. I think we have come to a point where we all feel so fucking alone that we're fucking done. (laughs) We're just like, this isn't working. Like, like, just to walk around and just be totally individualized and totally excluded and everybody seems crazy and everybody just seems wrong. And you're the one that has like, that might be good for a minute and then it sucks. Then it's just fucking hell. Then you just painted yourself into the corner of hell. And I think what's happening and I think art has this great way of going, you know what? 
Let's pull you back all out of your shell and let's fucking come back together and let's try and find some middle ground here. And look, we're not going to agree on everything, but let's find some territory we can agree on. People get married because they have enough territory. They like two people come together. I, I don't believe there's any marriage out there in the entire world where everybody walks exactly the same territory. There's always going to be even best friends. It's like everybody. We all have these little areas where we're like, well, we don't totally agree on that. We agree for the most part. And that's kind of what makes your friends because for the most part you have some agreements. But if you have to be so strict where they have to see it exactly the way you do, I mean, you're going to have nobody. You're going to be alone entirely. And I think that ultimately, you know, that saying no man is an island is true. I think it's hell. I think once you make yourself an island, you become totally depressed. And I think mental illness begins to take over in a whole new form. And, uh, you know, and, and let me just dare to say this part of the problem with mental illness today is the divisiveness. It's the isolation. It's the, it's the fact that we're so separate. That's why we we're experiencing what seems to be mental illness because, you know, why wouldn't you be fucking depressed when you feel like separate from everybody? Um, you know, and I think what we need to do is we need to come into life with an open mind, but I think we need to come into art with an open mind and say, well, you know, give me your best. Let's, let's see your, let's see your version of this. And at the same time, I'll say this just to throw it in there. I fucking hate propaganda. Like when there's a fucking bullshit story and it's like trying to, it's, it's, it's saying directly what it believes and it's trying to convince me and sell me. I'm like inauthentic, fuck off, like walk out of the theater, turn it off and move on. And I will, I, I have no problem walking out of a theater or turning off a movie partway through and just fucking leaving. Cause I'm, I, I'm like, no, I'm not dealing with your propaganda bullshit. So as an artist, you have, you know, and I think, well, here, let me start with this as audience members. I think we should hold artists to that standard. We should say, I'm not watching your shit. If you start propaganding me, if you start opinionating like your thoughts and saying, I'm right, you're wrong. Let me show you the way you have to give me an emotional experience. You have to be crafty about it. You have to ease me into it. And you also have to make your art with enough of an open mind that you might find out partway through your art that you were actually wrong about your opinion. And documentarians will say this all the time. We went out to make this documentary partway through. We discovered the documentary was about something else entirely. That's the same way we should be making movies. That's the same way we should be doing everything. We should be going in with a, holy shit, you know what? This is coming to light and I didn't expect that. Let's not deny it. Let's accept it and let's work with it because, you know, that is also part of what makes us not divisive. It's when you stick to your guns, when you know you're wrong. I mean, what's more divisive than that? That's great stuff, Brando. Let's wrap this one up. Well, you're, well, I guess I'll, you, you were on the beer today and, uh, all right. (laughs) Okay. Evan's calling it. So we needed, we, we talked a lot before we got this podcast. So we do have to wrap it up. This is, um, from Nelson Brewing Company, Nelson Brewing Co. This is called their Loki Lager, little 4.7 alcohol percentage. Um, yeah, cool little can. I, I don't know what to say, man. It's a good lager. I, I'm happy with it. And uh, um, I, I I wasn't sure when I had it. I'm like, have we had this? I'm not, I don't know. But um, it's nice, you know? It's a good lager. I, I find that 
Loggers are usually pretty basic and pretty simple. And in some ways, that's what I appreciate about them. And uh, this is not a boring lager, though, I would say. It's, it's basic, it's simple, it's nice and refreshing, but it's not boring. It actually, uh, I'm finding it like pretty tasty. It doesn't feel like a wimpy watered down beer, put it that way. So anyway, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you said. That Yeah, it's not a boring lager. Uh, it's, I think that's the best way to encapsulate it. It's funny cause you said it's like that you called it the, the low key logger. I, th- I was like, I thought I had something kind of w- weirder about it. Cause I was thinking like low key, but it's like low key, like, uh, you know, like the, like the, well, I mean, you know, he was not just a, he was, a uh, a, a <laughs> he's a mythological character of, <laughs> From the from the Vikings before he was uh, just a character in, in the Marvel movies, but yes, Loki, and yeah, it's uh, it's great, it's great, I like it. All right, some closing statements on this one. I mean, I feel like we could have definitely gone longer. It's uh, too bad I gotta gotta run out, but you know, I think that coming back to this this one is as you know, like we talked a lot about just the divisiveness of right now of, of a lot of the the conversation and dial dialogue that's going on these days is is just so divisive and in some ways i guess this this conversation to me a, a big part of it was just like hey can we just like remind ourselves of something here that you know of that Art is is not at its best, and in some extent, to some extent, I could say, I don't even know if you can call it art at that point, but it's certainly not at its best when it's participating in the divisiveness that's going on. You know, again, it's it's to me, art is the thing that cuts through all of the noise. It's the thing that cuts through all of that shit and finds a place creates a, a space where we come together and we say like, Oh shit. Okay. And we can find some kind of understanding. And I don't remember who said it, but you know, that, that quote that, uh, that's like academics say something simple in a complicated, in a complicated way. And an artist takes something complex and says it simply, right? It f- finds some way to just like, hey, hang on a second. Let's just, let's just find some perspective. Let's stop being too fucking smart and clever for our own goods. And let's just get to the, let's get to the raw fucking truth of this thing so that we can actually agree on something. Can we just fucking agree on this place? Right. And that means that, that, that's a very difficult job for the artist because it means you have to somehow escape that noise yourself, right? Noise that we very often can become a part of. Mm-hmm. It's like, and how can you pull that thing back and just find like, what is the thing underneath this, this arguing that connects both of these, of these, divisive voices where is the where's the meeting point where that we can build something from or at the very least 
that we can remind each other that that person over there isn't just some sort of faceless robot enemy fucking, you know, like some, some other, but this is a person. This is a human being that's over there, you know, and however they came to the place that they came to, they're a human being that that's just like you, just as fallible and as, and as, uh, scared and confused and, and who has, has people that they love and things that they want to do and dreams. Like there's these things that, that connect us and unite us. And as artists, our job to, to stay connected to those things and to help the rest of us stay connected to those things. This has been a big talk, man. Well, I don't know. What do you even say? I, I mean, I definitely, I'll just start with this. I definitely have my opinions and I'm, as I'm maturing, which I think I always am, I, I try to keep those things in check and to consider that, okay, this is how I see it. This makes sense to me. Um, this is, uh, you know, it's not, some of these opinions are not easily going to be changed, but I'm open and I want to remain flexible to improving and to opening my mind and to seeing it differently than I see it. But you got to make a good case. Like, I, the, the, and, and I think this is part of my standards as, you know, as a, as an artist, but as a, as a teacher and a mentor and a coach, I mean, I help people write this shit, but I'm like, look, if you want to tell me a story and, and, and you want to present an idea, just make a good fucking case for it. Don't, don't, don't fucking like overtly tell me this is how it is. Like, like that's not going to work. That's not a good case. Show me, let me experience it. Bring me on a journey and help me understand what we're, what we're doing here. What do you see that I don't see? But you have to bring me, you know, from point A to point B. You can't just start at point like, you know, point B and say, well, here we're going to like say A to C. You can't just start at point B or, and, and go, okay, well, we're going here. You have to start where I am. You have to help me. You have to help me connect. You have to help me resonate. And the good news is that I think when it comes to story and I'll focus on that medium, the nice thing about story is that you can get people grounded in any character really. And we've seen this demonstrated so many times. What, what we need is we just need a connection point. We need something where there's some familiarity and we go, okay, well, I, I get this person. I'm kind of like them. I'll use an example, Tony Soprano and the Sopranos. He's, uh, you know, he's struggling with his mother in episode one. And, you know, you can kind of relate. Oh, my mother is like bossy, telling me what to do, you know, whatever. And it's like, he's a mobster, but we can kind of go, yeah, I have an overbearing mother. Okay, I can kind of get behind him. I can kind of get this struggle, you know, and, and he's, he's dealing with his work and his family and whatever. And it's like, it's relatable but he's a mobster. And and so if you want me to join the mobster world and experience the mobster world, no matter how cool that might seem on the surface, the great thing about a movie like The Sopranos or, you know, the movie Goodfellas is what it does is they bring you in and they, they, they give you an entrance into this world and then they take you on the ride. It starts in a, in a place where you can grasp and then you see why things go so awry you know same with breaking bad i'm using some like criminal dramas because these 
These things for me, they're not my world and I don't know what it would be like to be in them in reality. They're just cool. They seem cool on the surface, but I don't get them, you know? Anyway, um, so I think with art, you know, that's part of our job is our job is to make a good case to bring people into the fold of something we see that they don't see. So, you know, and I think that's the connectivity to it. Uh, you know, as far as like the divisiveness and, you know, people doing bad things. And I think, you know, um, liars and cheaters and all that stuff. I, I think we all have to navigate this world and we all have to try to draw boundaries. And, and, and I think sometimes people will take advantage of our compassion and they will take advantage of things that are, you know, our better side of humanity. And I think if you're worried about that, I think you just have to draw boundaries and you have to build a certain amount of discipline around yourself to say, well, you know, like, there are people out there with malicious intent and, you know, whether they are bad people or not, I'll, I'll leave that judgment to some, something else or someone else, but they're not good for me or what I'm doing. And I, and I, I'm not here to save them. And, and, you know, you need to, you need to sometimes just draw a boundary and say like, no, you're not in my world because this is just not going to work. It's not cohesive. And you don't have to work with everybody, you know, to build your art, you only really have to work with a few people. Um, but, you know, if you're in the movie industry, you're connecting with a large number of people. But those large number of people don't necessarily have to be in, in their creating it with you. But your job as an artist is to expand the connection. Don't just connect with people who you could create with. Connect with people who are outside of your realm. And, um, you know, I guess if I had a final thought, I would say this. In, it's like appreciate the fly in the ointment. Like, like don't try to make everything perfect. Appreciate the fact that there's these flaws, these like imperfections and these things that kind of get in our way. And like, take that as like, a, as a thing that's like, yeah, that's like part of what this life is. It's like, we got to fly in the ointment. And how are we going to respond and how are we going to deal with that? You know, and, and that is what makes life interesting. That's what makes art interesting. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.